Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. I'm going to preach a message this morning on weapons of mass destruction. Look at your neighbor and say, I got some bad weapons. Weapons of mass destruction. I'm fitting to preach on them. Are you ready? Mandy, you gonna help me out? You started and then teased me. Now I gotta have it. You want to get you good? Now I Paul myself am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in the presence am lowly. among you but being absent and bold towards you but I beg you that when I am present I may not be bold with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh for though we walk in the flesh we do not war according to the flesh now let me stop right here your weapons are not for the people sitting in here your weapons are not for the people sitting outside of here Our weapons are not for the Democrats, for the Republicans, for the White House, for we're fighting an unseen battle. If you see something in your scope, you can't shoot it. You know when when kids have to take a hunter safety program before they can buy a license or whatever. And some of it, we would even, when I, was a, uh, when I was a young boy, we went and did the day class, and some of the videos they showed was like in the 70s, you know, and, and things in the 60s, and showed like a bush shaking or whatever, and people just shooting at the bush. But how many knows this, that a lot of times we turn our weapons on our own people? There's a lot of friendly fire in the church. We got to get the bullets and the scope aimed back at the enemy, Right? For, for what, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, look at this, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your what? Obedience is fulfilled. Look at this. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. My my battle is not my boss man. It's not my teacher. It's not my preacher. It's not my spouse. We're fighting an unseen battle. But how many knows this? There's more for us than what's against us. Remember when the prophet and his servant said, you know, we're outnumbered. He said, God, I pray you open his eyes. And when he opened his eyes, the whole, the whole side of the mountain was filled with the angels of the Lord. There's far more force than what be against us. Amen. Now, because <clears throat> we're restrained by time, we're going to go through these as quick as I can. But the four basic weapons of the believer are the blood of Jesus the name of Jesus, the word of God in praise. And none of these are focused on the devil, but on the provision of the Lord. Now, when I was a young evangelist, started out when I was a teenager preaching at 18, 19, when I would go into places to preach and it'd be real tight, I would stop and sit there and bind everything in the service. 
And what, what? until later I realized that when we stop and we have to bind the devil and take authority over that, we're actually giving attention and that's what he wants is to that, right? And so the best thing to do is just ignore what's going on in the room. Focus all of our attention on Jesus. Come on now. And if we'll keep that focus, he will invade that darkness that's in the room. But we're not fighting the people. We're fighting the thoughts and the mind, mindsets of the people. Everybody didn't come in in a good mood. Somebody slung dishes this morning before they got here. Somebody had words in the car before they got here. Somebody was ready to beat a youngin down before they got here. Everybody don't enter the house like the Bible says that we enter his courts with thanksgiving. Gates with praise. Gates with thanksgiving, courts with praise. All right, so the blood of Jesus. Let's look at this. Can you work, work with me in the Bible right here? Go to the book of Hebrews, the 10th chapter. I'm going to show you how to do this. Here's your first weapon. Look at your neighbor and say, my first weapon is the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. <clears throat> the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. How many of you ever heard people say, I plead the blood of Jesus? How many knows there's power in the blood? There's power in the blood. We used to sing the hymnal out of the red back hymnal. There's wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. I remember reading one time that Napoleon uh, was in a war room with, uh, Napoleon the Great was in a war room with, with uh, different leaders and they had maps open and, and they had the maps of the, of the earth open and he looked at the British Isles and the British Isles was in red and Napoleon looked at the leaders and said, I would have conquered the world had it not been for the red spot. Can I tell you that the devil would have conquered the world had it not been for the red spot. But thank God for the red spot, the cross at Calvary the cross that still bleeds and the king that still redeems there's power, wonder working power in the blood of Jesus I'm telling you I feel the Holy Ghost this morning if you'll help me we'll have some church up in this house today my God I'm telling you mm, I felt Dusty Rhodes Ric Flair I'm going to chop something Junior stand up let me chop you in the chest The blood of Jesus, when we plead the blood, there's power. This is one of your weapons. See, listen here. Here's the thing. All of us in here, I know that we got, we got, when we got saved, if you got saved at a church and the preacher said, just come to Jesus, everything's going to be all right, he didn't tell you the truth. Actually, when you come to Jesus, a lot of problems are going to start. Because the enemy's going to be fighting tooth and nail to get you back. If you lost and he ain't got a fight to keep you, he's already got you. But when, they, when the children of Israel left Egypt, he let them go for a moment. Then he realized they was gone. Then he pursued after them. So you're going to have to know how to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Remember that? Remember when Moses got to the Red Sea, he said, Oh God, you know you brought us here to leave us here. He says, Stretch forth your rod. You got power in his name, in his blood, in praise, and in the word. He didn't leave us down here not knowing how to fight. We got to learn how to fight, and we got to learn how to overcome. They overcame him, what? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Hello? No devil's got authority over you. The only thing that can mess your destiny up is you. Well, you know the devil's just got me. He ain't got you, friend. Come on, somebody. It's time the church gets a view of a big God and little problems instead of big problems, little God. Hebrews 10, you there? If you ain't found it by now, just trust I'm going to read it to you. Look at this. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. 
Therefore, brethren, having boldness, the prayers we prayed when we grew up in church, Lord, we just come just as humbly as we know how. Lord, we just come just as humbly as we know how before you, just trying to get her. Listen, friend, the blood of Jesus gives me access to come boldly before the throne of God. Listen, you got a weapon right now. If something's going on in your life, listen, I came to tell you, regardless of whatever that problem is, you got access into the holiest of holies. And if you got access into the place of your pro- into the place where your father is, listen, your father can take care of your problem. You got listen, the enemy will tell you, well, you're seeing what you did last week. You ain't got no access. I came to tell you, friend, listen, you got access by the blood of Jesus. It didn't cover your sin when you got saved. It covered every sin you would ever forever commit this side of eternity we got access through what the blood of Jesus there's power in the blood therefore having boldness to enter in the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through, through the veil that is his flesh having and having a high priest over the house of God let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from evil conscience and our bodies washed with the pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling ourselves as in the matter of some, but exhorting one another as much more as you see the day approaching. We got, we got, we got uh, access Now look at this in Ephesians chapter 1. I want you to see these verses. I want you to flip through them with your Bible. We can put them on the screen for you, but when you turn with them in the Bible, when you hear it and see it, it helps you. It says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of His grace. Look at this. We have what? In Him we have redemption. What? Through His blood. I've been redeemed not by my goodness. I've been redeemed not because I'm a tither. I've been redeemed not because I go to church. I've been redeemed, why? Because of the blood of the Lamb. Come on, somebody. (coughs) Look at this in Revelation 12, 11. Go to Revelation chapter 12. This is one of your weapons right here. How many has ever felt like the enemies had you bound up? Not only one. Come on, how many ever felt like the enemies had you bound up? You got to have a weapon to fight with. Here it is. And it says that they overcame him. Look. It says what? They overcame him. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to overcome. They overcame him by what? The blood of the lamb. And what? By the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives unto death. Everything God does to you, God does for you is a testimony that you have in your arsenal. You remember when David went in the valley of Elah in 1 Samuel 17 to fight Goliath as Goliath was coming to him, taunting him and said, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a soldier uh, from my youth and you come out here with such a ruddy boy. I mean, what are you, man? You, you're just a pansy. And David looked at him and said, listen, when I, I might have been a pansy, but 
listen, I watched my father's sheep on the backside of the desert. And when the bear came in, listen, I got a relationship with a real God. He's not some mystical creature somewhere. He's a living God. Come on, somebody, that you can have a relationship. And when I called on him, he anointed me. And that line that came in, I defeated him with my bare hands. And when the bear came in to get and get the sheep, God came on me and delivered. Listen, friend, if God ever delivered you one time, that is a sure testimony that he's going to come through again. If God paid the rent one time, he'll pay it again. If God healed you one time, he'll heal you again. If God set you free one time, he'll set you free again. If God saved one kid, he'll save them all. Hello. God, I'm preaching like a Pentecostal preacher. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. I have access, what? By his blood. I'm a son by his blood. And now I have access into that place. I can get my problem right on in there. There's healing through the blood. Did you hear what I said? There's healing through the blood. There's healing through the blood. Whatever kind of sickness you got this morning whether it be a cold, whether it be sniffles, whether it be cancer, whether it be diabetes, whether it be high blood pressure, whatever it is, there's healing through the blood. Isaiah 53 said he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we were healed. It's time we look at the provision that God has already made available for us, friend, and realize that when sickness comes, we are not some weak, we are not some weak, powerless nobodies that don't have nothing, friend. We got a real God that is for us. Come on, somebody. And he's left us with real weapons and that real weapon is the blood of Jesus. And it's time we stand up and start claiming what he's already bought for us. Say, well, the devil won't leave. It's because you ain't doing nothing. Man, I, I'm not going to beat nothing up, but I heard some crazy stuff when I was a kid growing up in church. We had people stand up, you know, the devil been on me all week. The Bible never says he's supposed to make it. He's he never supposed to make it to your ankles. Scripture says he's under your feet. We give him far too much credit. We build him up far bigger than he is. Now, I'm not going to take away. The Bible does say he was an archangel, right? But the scripture also says that a no-name angel will throw him in the bottomless pit. And it does say that the church will go over and look at that thing and say, my God, that is what caused us all this hell. And here's the deal. God could have defeated, I mean, when, when, the devil threw, when the devil got threw out of heaven, Lucifer, when he was ejected out of heaven, Remember in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 36 is the reference there. When he says, I will ascend above God. He wanted everything God had. Everything was about I. When Jesus came, everything was about his father. Nothing about himself. See the contrast. God could have, did, God could have done away with him right then. But he said, you know what? I'm going I'm to whip you through my delegated authority on the earth. I'm going to whip you through people that's got a choice and a free will. They can choose to serve me or choose not to. The blood of Jesus. When we plead the blood of Jesus over our kids, what are we claiming? We're claiming what Christ paid for over their life. Whether they realize it or not, Father, I, I plead the blood of Jesus over Grant Isaac. I plead the blood of Jesus over John Bentley. I plead the blood of Jesus over Asher. God, I plead the blood of Jesus over their life. And what I'm praying as I begin to pray that prayer, everything that comes to attack them. Come on, somebody. They got, they hit, it hits the red line. Are you with me now? 
man, there's so much we could go through just on that right there. We ain't doing it justice. You got the blood of Jesus. They ever came in by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Isaiah 53 says, He's wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities, chastised our peace was upon Him. By His stripes we're healed. Number two weapon, the name Jesus. The name of Jesus. How many believe there's power in that name? Something changes when we start mentioning that name. Remember the song that says, When you don't know what else to say? Just say the name. I remember, how many ever know who Bishop Joseph Garlington is? Lord, y'all don't know good preaching around here. Lord, we got to tell you something. He's out of Pittsburgh. Phenomenal, phenomenal man of God. Uh, man, he, he can sing and preach. That's, that ought to be illegal. But he can sing and preach. And this is what he got. He, I heard him preaching one time. And he said, he said, when you don't know what else to say, he said, say Shandai. He said, I've heard it all over the world. But listen, when you don't know what else to say, say the name of Jesus. There's power in that name. Listen to this. In Luke 10, 17, the disciples come back and it says that they looked at Jesus and they marveled and said, even demons are subject to us in your name. Did you? My God. Listen, how many's ever heard Reinhardt Bunky when he's standing over millions of people looking out for In the name of Jesus, you know what's happening? Every God that those people brought up in that place, whether it be Muhammad, Buddha, or whatever it is, whether it be a God hanging around their neck, when he's standing up on that stage said, In the name of Jesus, every God in that place is bowing to that name which God said there's no name under heaven greater than that name, the name of Jesus. Hello, when we bring our problems, there's something about that name. My debt begins to bow. My marriage problems begins to bow. My sickness begins to bow. My addiction begins to bow. My troubles begins to bow. My doubt begins to bow at that name, that name which is above every name, the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. They come and said, they marveled and said, we're amazed that at your name, even the demons are subject to us in, our, in your name. Jesus looked at them and said, don't get excited that the demons are subject, but get excited that you got a relationship with me and your name is recorded in heaven. Mark chapter 16 says that they cast out devils in his name. When we cast out demons, we don't cast out demons in our own goodness, under our own anointing or our own power, but they come out at that name, Jesus. There's something about your name, Father. Acts 3.6, remember at the healing at the gate called Beautiful. When Peter and James and John went to, went, to the, went to the temple to pray. There was a guy sitting there and at the gate called Beautiful begging them his alms and they said, Silver and gold we have none, but such as we have, we give unto you in the name of what Jesus rise up and walk. I said there's healing in his name, friend. I said there's healing in his name, friend. I said there's healing in his name, friend. Come on, I'm trying to help us this morning. You got a weapon on your side. It's high time. We rise up in the power that God has entrusted us and become the church in the earth and take these weapons to defeat the forces of hell. They were taken before the council and beaten. 
In verse 16, they said, let it be known to you that it is not by our goodness that this man stands here whole. It's not by our intellectual, what we've learned at the temple, that this man stands here whole. Let it be known today that at the name of Jesus, this man stands here completely whole. Let it be known to you today. I thank God that I had a praying grandma and a praying mama, but it's at the name of Jesus that I stand here today whole before you. The name of Jesus. There's power in his name. We got to read this one right here. This is too good not to just open the Bible and read. Go to the book of Philippians, chapter 2. Somebody says, My God, he's hollering. Well, this ain't the church of the frozen chosen. We're passionate about it. We're going to holler it. <laughs> I was listening to the radio one time. Uh, if there's a radio station out of Douglas. And the guy was on there where he talks about, he's talking about the Lord's Prayer, and he said, Hallowed be his, your name. He said, Sometimes you just got to hallow his name. <laughs> That's what I'm telling you. Sometimes you got to hallow his name. You ready? I'm giving you some powerful weapon right here this morning. You're going to go back to your house and kick the sheetrock down. Hello. Kick the devil out of your house and let him know you're armed and dangerous. Rise up on this place and see what happens. Hello. We right. How many knows this? A bully's gonna pick on you till you bust his nose. You rise up and you split that wig for him one time. He ain't fit to bully you, you no more. He said, "Well, we need to get the bullies down here to counsel them." No, we don't. We need to whip them one time. Boy, I better quit with all that. Get thrown out. I teach my boys this. I'm a preacher of the gospel. Love, uh, Listen, I believe in turning the other cheek. I tell my boys, listen, somebody turns your cheek, you don't turn the other one to them. You better turn it when you hit them. But somebody bullies you, you bust them in the mouth. I'll quit. D- delete that out of that. <laughs> delete that out of there. That's, that's, uh... But listen, a bully's going to pick on you till you stand up. The enemy will keep trying to push you over to see who, to, until you begin to take your place of who you are. Are you with me now? When you take your place of who you are, Philippians chapter 2, the name of Jesus. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in the appearance as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even the death of the cross therefore look at this God has also God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus look at this every knee should bow am I in the book of those in heaven and those on the earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of our Father. Why do you have to go to the doctor and get a diagnosis? When, when I had to go up there and they said I, whatever had the flu or whatever, Clay sent me a text back and said, good, we got a name for it now because it comes under the name Jesus. Oh, there's something about his name. 
I'm reminded in 2 Samuel 23, David gives the story of his mighty men. One of them is Shaman. The Bible says that there's a field of peas planted. It says the Philistines come down to, to take the field of peas, but it said that Shammah took his stand in the middle of the peas and he defended it. What was he hollering out? He was hollering out his name because Jehovah Shammah means the Lord is here. When the Philistines heard that God was there because they heard God's name mentioned in that field of peas, they took off running. There's something about the name Jesus, friend, when we begin to sing it in this place, the atmosphere begins to shift. Are you understanding, friend? Things that have tried to hold this city up begin to bow at the name of Jesus. All of our problems begin to bow at the name of Jesus. And things begin to change at his mighty name. As a weapon. John 14, go right there. One day I'm going to quit hollering just be a bit teaching it. Oh, turn to John chapter 14. Look at this in verse 12. I get excited about it. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Look at this. And whatever you ask in my name. Mm, mm, mm. That I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I can write you a check today for a thousand dollars, but it's no good till I put my name on it. You know what Jesus was saying? I scratched the check out, left it blank in the amount, and I put my name on it. I'm just waiting for a church to start taking a. I'm just waiting on a church to rise up and start making a deduction that's got my name on it. When we ask for healing, we ask for it what? In the name of Jesus. When we ask for deliverance, we ask for it what? In the name of, in the name of Jesus. Why? Because his signature's on the check and that's what heaven recognizes and makes it good. The name of Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, I just gave you two pistols right there. Two Colts. A Glock and a judge. The name of Jesus and the Word of God. When Jesus got in a showdown with the devil in Matthew chapter 4, and he said, If you be in hunt, he said, He said, If you if you be the Son of God, he said, Command these stones to become bread. Jesus said, What? It is written. He battled the devil with the word. Why do we try to do it any other way? Come on, somebody. He said, What? It is written. I'm trying to help you today, friend. When the doctor comes in and gives you that report, you say it is written in Matthew 8, 17 that he bore my sicknesses upon the cross. You say it is written that Peter said in 1 Peter 2 and 24 that, that, that by his stripes we were healed. I'm not going to be healed. I've already been healed over 2,000 years ago. When the neighbor looks at you and say, I just don't know if your kids is ever going to get saved. You say this, listen, if you train a child in the way that it shall go, even though they depart for it, they shall come back. I got the promise of Luke 15 where the father stood on the front porch waiting on the prodigal son to come home every night. You look at your neighbor and say, listen, if you want to believe that, that's fine. That's not what I believe. It's only a matter of time for I see my child rolling back up. Listen, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help me was fishing the other day John man said we ain't gonna catch nothing I said you say that on your side of the boat 
I'll say that on mine. Because I said it's a matter of second one, eight pounds or ten pounds is fixing to come through those lily pads and eat what I'm throwing. The power of life and death is in the tongue, friend. And I said, John Miller, you keep saying that. The Bible says you will eat the fruit of your lips. You're creating your world by what you're saying. I said, you're going to throw in there? Even if I do, he's not going to buy it. Say that on yours. Keep your pole out of the way. I'll throw in there. I'm trying to be a dad and give you the best spots. Time flying when we're having fun. The Word of God. Powerful. And what's amazing to me is we get mad with people who just teach on believing the Bible. Like Kenneth, like Kenneth Copeland. We get mad that he's got so much money, he's just teaching the Bible. Get mad with books by Dr. Hagen because he just taught the Bible. Simple faith and believing the Bible. Believe in what it says and claiming it for your own life. James says we have not because we ask not. We run around like a bunch of orphans, not acting like we don't got a daddy in heaven who loves us and wants the best for us. Look at this. Go to the book of Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. For the word of God is living and powerful. A book that's thousands of years old. They've burned it. They've tore it apart. They've urinated on it on stages and it is still the number one bestseller that's ever been written. Multiple authors under one umbrella of one main author. When the Bible says that all Scripture was inspired and written by God, it doesn't mean that it does not mean that He had an inspiration. So He get down and wrote. It says that men were gripped so bad by God they were thrown down to a place that they couldn't do nothing but write. For the Word of God is alive; it's a living book. Those of us in this room that read the Word and love the Word, how many knows that there's times that you're reading the Bible and then all of a sudden it's like the Bible comes off the page and it starts just it starts jumping. It's alive. If you want to change your life, the book has got to become alive to you. In the beginning, John 1 says, in the beginning was the Word. Let me just say this. I used to get, can't get mad. She said, gosh, why you got to be controversial? It's part of the calling, I guess. You know, Paul and them, I mean, they were doing good and they cast the devil out. The woman in Acts 16 worked, messed up the business and got thrown in prison. <clears throat> I told her, so I said, is this the word of God? People say, absolutely. I said, no, it's not. She said, cringe. <laughs> the word existed before we ever had this in our hands. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning, John 1 says, in the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God. Blow Jehovah Witness doctrine up right here. And the Word was God. 
And the Word, verse 14, became flesh in Jesus and dwelt among us. And what God desires is the words, the 66 pages written in between the bonded leather that you have would become flesh and start walking among us. This is what changes your life. I love I love the praise services. I love the woo-hoo. I love the, that when people stacked up like cordwood. But I'm telling you, it is in the valleys that you have got to have the word to become flesh. It's the word what takes you through. Can I get a witness up in this place? Has anybody ever had to hang on just to one word? The Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away, but not one jot nor tittle of the word of God. It is alive, friend. This word is so powerful that Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, said to God, I'm sick of this thing. I'm tired of being a prophet. I don't want it no more. And I tried to throw the call down. He said, but your word is like a flame and fire shut up in my bones. Every time I want to give up, the word picks me back up. The word is alive. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed by the mouth of God. If you want to know what God is thinking, get in His Word. You say, well, I don't have a prayer to pray no more. Get in the book of Psalms till you find the prayer and start agreeing with that prayer. Friend, I'm the first guilty one. We spend way less time in the Word. We need more time in the Word. I want to, I want to hear God talk. Well, open the Word. This is how we learn to recognize His voice in the Bible. The B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. This Word has the power to change your life. Look at this in Acts chapter 20, verse 32. Don't get tired on me right here. We're almost done. I know what it's like to sit there and hear someone preach for an hour. I know, trust me. If you was raised by Pastor Dale Young, you know what it's like. But I can tell you this, that I could have sat there for two hours and listened to the Word of God being taught over my life. There'd be times he would talk to me for four hours and Kevin would say, what did he say? I said, I don't know what he said, but it was good. Only to find a year later I needed the very thing he was saying and God brought it back. Acts chapter, Acts chapter 20, verse 32 says this. It says, So now, brethren, I commend you to God, to the word of His grace. Look at this. Say, the word of His grace. <clears throat> and I just lost my place. The word of His grace, which is able to build you up. See, I just feel so weak. It's because you ain't been in the word. You know, people say this statement. I've heard people say this. I just got so busy today, I forgot to eat. That has never happened in my life. I just got so busy working out, I forgot to eat. Are you kidding me? <laughs> if your Bible's been on the shelf all week, you forgot to eat. You ain't built up. That's why when we're out here trying to run sprints today, you wore out because, you, you, because you're anemic. You ain't had nothing to eat. we got to get ready to run. Come on. 
Now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all the things who are sanctified. Among, among all those who are sanctified. you got to find out what to claim in the word. I'm t- I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. What you got to understand is somebody died on your behalf and they left you one heck of a wheel and you aren't even aware of what's in the wheel. Come on, somebody. It's time we get the wheel back out. How many knows it's called the old wheel and the new wheel and testament? There's a wheel because somebody died, which is Jesus. And you're not going to get any of it unless you start claiming and know what's right for the yours. Well, I'm sick. Well, if you're sitting in the first church of the, tro- uh, of the frozen, this is what you're hearing. Well, you know, God's trying to teach you something. And we sit there and we're like, you know, well, I, I, I don't even know if I should pray for healing. And then when you do pray for healing, it's like going to a slot machine. Maybe somebody, I, I'm telling you, I've been in there. I'm not beating it up, but I've had people to come down with running revivals. If it be the Lord's will, do you think he can heal? Friend, listen to me. He took 39 stripes on his back at a whipping post, not for your salvation, for your healing. Come on, somebody. Hello, it is his will. Faith cannot exist where the will of God is not known. We got to establish that right now. Ain't no healing going to take place without faith. Come on, somebody. And faith cannot exist where the will of God is not known. you got to know what the will of God is. Here's the proper way to do it. Like the woman with the issue of blood. When you step out in the middle of the aisle and you start waking your way down to the front, you say this. Listen, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I don't give a rip what the preacher's got to say. I don't care what kind of oil he's got. I don't care if he's got to smell good oil from from Lifeway. I don't care if there's Delo 400 that just come out of a diesel truck. But I know this. When the man of God touches my head, that thing's going to be established in my life. Hello, why? Because I've read in the wheel, and the wheel declares that what he purchased from me on the cross was not just the forgiveness of my sin. He bought me sozo which is a package that says healing, deliverance, and forgiveness of sin. Complete wholeness. Oh, Lord. Lord, if we was preaching in some counties, I'd have had to go crank the truck up right now. Had a gunman sitting in the passenger seat. The Bible says in Psalms 107 verse 20 that he sent his word to heal them. You don't have to have Benny Hinn in the room. Hello. You don't have to have Oral Roberts. You don't have to have Dr. Hagen. We don't have to have William Branham. We got the word in which they believed in. And the Bible says he sent his word to heal them. There's something about the centurion. Remember when he went to Jesus and he said, Jesus, you don't have to come all the way out to my house. I live way out in the country. All you got to do is open your mouth because I'm a man with authority and I understand authority that when I speak, something happens. And I realize the authority that I got in the natural, you have in the spiritual. And when you open your mouth, Jesus, and you begin to speak a word, I know that my servant will be made healed that very same hour. I'm hollering right now. But I'm trying to tell you there's power in the Word of God when you claim it over your children, when you claim it over your life, when you claim it over your finances. My God, I'm preaching this morning. There's power in His Word. There's power in His Word. Hebrews 11 and 3. I'm almost done. Lord, I have hollered, but I've. 
I knew it was going to happen like this did. I told you it'd be Pentecostal power. When I went to bed last night, I was quaking. I knew we was going to preach this today, and I'm just telling you, I feel like the Lord's going to do some things for us. Now listen, what we can't do, the grave mistake would be to leave out of here and go to sisters and say, I don't know what he said, but it was great. You've got to know what kind of gun you're toting right now. When you're drafted into boot camp, before you dropped off on any war scene, you're well equipped with your weapon. You know how to dismantle it. You know how to put it back together. You know how to clean it. You know what ammunition goes with it. You know everything about it. If we went down here with the, if we went to every men's ministry and every rehabilitation place with these four things, we'd have a hundred percent success rate. Clay said, How are you gonna get free? First of all, you gotta to want to be free. If you don't want to be free, you ain't getting free. You gotta say, What I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm tired of the devil. I remember when Evil Knievel got saved, he said he walked to the room, Evil Knievel, got saved. That man was full of pride. Said he had two jets at one time, one to fly alongside of his plane where he could look out and see his name on the other one. Evil Knievel. Said he walked to the, he said he walked to the balcony of the hotel room. He said, he said he opened the window and he said, Devil, I'm sick and tired of you having authority in my life. Get out of this room. When you're being sick and tired and sick and tired of being beat up, we got to learn how to fight. You know what? I'm tired of this thing having a, I'm tired of, I'm tired of being bound with this in my life right here. I'm tired of hiding this. I'm sick and tired of it. I command you to go right now in the name of Jesus. Hello. Then we learn how to get some weapons in us because the Bible says once a spirit comes out of a man, it goes into the dry places and then it says I'll return back into my house. Now you got to learn how to fence up the yard. Remember in the book of Ezra, they restored the temple. That's salvation. Nehemiah comes back and he restores the wall around the temple. That's structure and information you got to have so the church has too much information we don't have too much information listen to me right here you said well I tell you what the devil's really been on me this week has he let's say for instance there's a 10 foot concrete wall that's built right there if somebody run in that with an F-250 diesel I would, ne- I would never be aware of it until I walked outside. Now, if a train derailed and come in, I'm going to know it. If a doodlebug hit it, we probably ain't going to know the doodlebug hit that with one. So when the devil's beating us up, what does that tell us? We ain't got no wall. Trying to help us. Our gates are burned with fire. Nehemiah means comforter, which is a picture of the Holy Ghost. He's weeping over the condition of the walls. The Holy Ghost is saying, I'm trying to help you build some walls around your life to get that hijacker out of your house. Because it ain't his house. It ain't John's house. Hello. The Bible says I'm not my own. Can't get no help up in here. I've been bought with a price. I belong to Jesus. Hello. So what do I got to do? Now let me just say this. There's not a person in here that ain't got to go back to work on some gates in your life. Some of us has got strong gates on finances. We don't even feel nothing. 
But there's other gates. And here's the deal. Like the lady that had the issue of blood. There wasn't nothing wrong with her legs. Wasn't nothing wrong with her heart. Wasn't nothing wrong with the brain. But if she didn't get that one issue fixed, it was going to kill her. Gosh, that's good teaching right there. I'm telling you, buddy. That is worth the $5 that you gave this morning. You can't get that at Walmart. You got some weapons, don't we, Mr. Billy? We've got to use them. Use them. Put put your foot on that thing that's attacking you and command it to go. Dad, they, some things ain't going to leave your house till you rise up and be the man in your house and tell it to go. Tell poverty to get out your house. Tell sickness and disease to get out your house. Rise up and take our place. Here's the last one. Hold up just a second right here, man. Just hang on right here. Now let me ask you something. If I know that I'm fixing to go in the fight, just hold, bring complete silence right here. Uh, it was going there. Man, I think that's angels playing. Did you see that? She even have her hands on the keyboard and still going. All right. This last weapon, this is not a pistol. This is a daggum rocket launcher. That's country preaching, ain't it? This is a rocket launcher. This thing can go long distance. I'm telling you. They all can, but I'm telling you, this is a bad boy. And a lot of church gets upset when this starts breaking out. It's called praise. <clears throat> I mean, you know, in the life of Jesus, I'm closing right here. I'm taking my last 10 minutes with liber- liberty. Mm-hmm. You know that everything that Jesus demonstrated was to show us what he, everything that he did was to demonstrate to us what was available to us after the cross. You say, well, how could he walk around healing if there's power in the blood? He had not shed his blood. How is there power in his name, you know, when he had not been to the cross? Well, if you got kids, how many know, like if you go to the store, <clears throat> if they want something, you will go ahead and give it to them in the buggy. You haven't purchased it yet, but you go ahead and give it to them. And they open the wrapper and they eat it. But you hold on to the wrapper and when you get to the thing you pay for what they've already enjoyed what Jesus was saying I'm fixing to go ahead and demonstrate for you what you're going to be able to enjoy but I'll make the payment for it when I go to the cross and I'm going to release it all throughout eternity now this last weapon of praise now how many knows if you've played ball or you're going to let's say for instance Cleed loading a bunch of boys up and we're going to play for a championship He's not up there playing. Oh, may he's angry. How sweet the sound. Why, his ball player's going to be back in the bed. They're about to sleep. So if you know you're fishing and go in the battle, but help me out right here, Gavin. Help me out. With the, with the, with the theme. Right here. Just say, you feel bad. He played the wrong one. No. Down eye of the tiger. Yeah, this is good. Man, all of a sudden. Bring on eye of the tiger, man. Come on. 
flow with me. I mean, I got a little of what right here. Man, media, they make you a break. Can we get out of Tiger? All right, let's go with it. Yeah, right. Now, look at this. How many, when you was a little boy, you watched Rocky? And if you have friends at your house watching Rocky, somebody, somebody's fit to tote something. I mean, everybody feel like a fighter. I feel like Mike Tyson right now. You want some? Come on. Huh? This is what praise does. Hello? Listen. Hold it up. Back it over. Back it over. Let's say, I come to the church. I come to the church. I spilled the coffee. Stepped on the dog. Kids wouldn't get out of bed. And if you're really not holy, you said something you shouldn't have said. Bible says sweet water and bitter water can't flow out the same fountain. Choose what you're going to be now. See, that's why you got to read the Word. Now Matt's up there. He's hollering. Up on the stage. People say, well, man, it's just loud. Why you got to holler? Sometimes you got to holler his name. Now, I got a choice to make. I can sit there and tote that all the rest of the day. I can tote it into Wednesday. Tote it into Thursday. Keep toting it. Or I can choose to praise God. Now, crank it up. Now, when I get in here, I can say, you know what? You're right, devil. I made three mistakes this morning. I cussed my wife out, slapped my kid, and kicked the dog out the front door. But I'm about to throw down right now. And I got a right because of the blood of Jesus. And if I confess my sin, he's faithful and just to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Hello. I got an advocate with the Father. I got the best lawyer that has ever existed. His name is Jesus, the Lamb of God. And I'm about to get my heart right, but I'm about to get my praise on. And I'm about to break every bit of this heaviness, this depression, because God has not desired us to live with depression. Come on, somebody. It's the joy of the Lord that gives me strength. In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy forevermore. And I'm about to get my praise on. Hold it up. My God, I'm telling you. I'm going to hit somebody at the buffet. Let somebody get the last piece of chicken today. It's on. Five-fold ministry. Listen, you done? I got to close this in five minutes. When we praise God, everything begins to change in my life. The problem that I brought in, the debt that I owe tomorrow, everything starts shrinking. David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. How can God get any bigger than he already is? He's as big as he's ever going to get. But let me tell you something. When you begin to praise God and you begin to magnify God, he gets bigger in your own eyes. Come on, somebody. And you start looking at that sickness. I'm telling you, you played me for the last time, sucker. Get out of my life. God is bigger than this. You start looking at that rent payment and everything you owe, that God's got me covered. If he owns a cattle of a thousand hills, surely he's going to bless me and come through on my behalf. This happens in praise. Tell you where it don't happen. Lord, he's loud. Why they got to sing for an hour? 
Know what church I was raised in? We sing 20 minutes. That's why they're still the same size. Don't get on me. What worked for granny won't work for the Colts. The young Colts has got to have something stronger. They fighting a whole different deal than what granny fought. Hello. Grandpa used to have to go down to a convenience store somewhere in the back corner to buy pornography. Now they got it on the phone. Hello, we got to have something, friend. Done. Right here. Just going to give you some facts right here. I ain't got time to preach all this, but I'm done right here. I promise you. I'm closing. It's 12.06. I'm just as hungry as you are. And I have more to sustain than some of you. Psalms 8 and 2. You have ordained praise out of the mouth of babes and sucklings. Thou hast ordained praise. King James renders it strength. But if you look back in the Hebrew, it is a word for praise. That thou, the King James says, mightest steal the enemy. When you stop and have a praise break, it puts chains right there on the enemy that's chasing you. I can't tell you how important this is. When you begin to praise God, it begins to break the back of the enemy that's chasing you. Some of you need to go home and have a praise break. I don't understand why Catherine runs around here and looks like she's in a hornet's nest, but I can tell you this, I won't never touch it because I know God's doing something. Hello. And I'd rather have her, What you know what she's doing? She's breaking chains for the rest of us in here that's standing down in cement that ain't gonna move regardless of what happened. Some of us are well familiar with the hymn, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. But I'm telling you, if you want that problem to move, you gotta move, friend. You gotta do what you... Almost done. Psalms 22.3 says this, that God is enthroned in the praises of his people. Crank Rocky back up one more time because I'm going to need him the last three minutes. Closing. See, I'm going to start praising. Father, you awesome. You're the lily of the valley. You're the bright morning star. You're the rose of Sharon. There's none beside you, none above you, none beneath you. You're awesome. You're all that and then some. What happens is God begins to step on my praise and rides right into my situation. He's enthroned in the praises of his people. Let me tell you something. If you're in a praising church, God is in that church, friend. Are you with me? And if God be there, then all things are possible. That means healing's possible. That means deliverance is possible. That means salvation's possible. Come on, somebody. Because he's enthroned in the praises of his people. Hold it up. How I many days a song by Usher that he wrote for Kobe Bryant? He says, if you want more, stand up and holler. Then he says, I'm the, I'm the closer. I'm the finisher. I'm, I'm the hustle in the middle. The headliner. Showstopper. When the game's on the line, it's on me. You don't listen to that and get out and say, well, I think I'm going to go for four tonight at the plate. No, you walk to the plate and say, but I love this right here. I watched the thing by Derek Jeter one time. They, they asked him, he said, what pitcher do you believe ever had the upper hand on you? He said, I never believed a pitcher had the upper hand on me. I'm coming in here to rake, to do damage. When you, when you leave out of the field house 
and you got that music in your ear, what do you picture? I see bones breaking. <laughs> Maybe that's too aggressive. That's real aggressive, Pastor. You got problems. No, we're going to win the game. I believe like Spurrier. They said, why did you hang so many points? He said, it's not my job to stop me. Get a defense that'll stop me. I come here to win this thing. Mercy rules for T-ball. After that, we don't apply it. <laughs> I'm going to quit. Listen, praise. Finish right here. Last thing. Look at your neighbor and say, he's done. Pack your stuff up right here. Put your seatbelt on. We're fixing to sin down. In Acts 16, there's a story of Paul and Silas. I've already quoted this earlier. They're, they're ministering the gospel, and every day there's a, there's a young girl that comes out and says, these men, are the men from the mo- these men are from the Most High God. Paul gets sick of it. Notice that she's saying truth, but she, don't have, she ain't in the right spirit. Paul turns around and gets sick of that, and he says, you spirit, it is the only time that a spirit is named in the New Testament Bible. He said, you spirit of divination... Come out of her. Spirit does come out of her. The people who had her got a lot of money off of her, uh, soothsaying, and they got ticked off and arrested Paul and Silas. I'm talking about the power of praise. They take Paul and Silas and arrest them and throw them in a jail cell. Now, first of all, this is where the enemy made a very grave mistake that he put them in the same cell. Should have separated them. Put one on the A wing and one on the B wing. Because the Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, there I'm going to be. But he put them together. (laughs) So there was two in agreement. And the scripture says at midnight, they begin to sing praises unto God. Midnight is in between times. It's neither light nor day. It's the darkest hour. This is when you got to make your mind up to praise God. I remember as a young teenager watching, if you, if you know this, how many members, Gary Oliver, I think he come to this church. My God, Gary Oliver's a white man trapped in a black man's body can throw down. My God is more than, remember that? When his child, if I believe it's right, Gary Oliver lost a son in a car wreck. And he said when he looked at his son in the coffin, he said he made up his mind at that moment right there that all is well with my soul and God is more than enough. You got to choose to praise God at the midnight hour. I'm not talking about the praiser that already got the check in their hand when they come in shouting. I'm talking about the one that don't see it inside and can still praise God. Job said it like this, though he slay me, yet will I praise him. You got to learn how to yet praise God. That means I don't have it yet, but I'm praising in advance. Come on, somebody. And if it don't happen next week, God said to bring him a sacrifice of praise. The church has diluted that down and said, well, when you don't feel like it you just lift your hand the sacrifice is the very best you got friend hello that means if you holler 30 minutes at a hornet game we ought to holler an hour and a half for God because he deserves the best we got Paul looked at Silas I'm just saying they're human say it's me and Stanton or me and Matt I'm about tired of preaching and stuff. I mean, Lord, we just get thrown in jail every time we show out. Maybe we should get in 
some other denomination and don't act crazy. Don't sweat and holler. I believe they looked at each other. They might have, let's just say this, you're human. Maybe they complained for a second. But then they probably started talking about what they seen. Paul said, I don't, you know, I don't care. There wasn't nobody out there on the horse when he fell on me on the road to Damascus. I was blind for three days. A man by the name of Ananias who was scared to even come pray for me, God arrested him in his house and told him to go lay hands on one called Saul of Tarsus that he may see. See, if you read the Bible, it helps us a whole lot in here, don't it? We just jumped all the way back to Acts 9. But the Bible says they begin to praise God. Now, here's the crazy phenomenon that happened. The Bible says that the other prisoners begin to hear them. See, you never know what comes in the building that's dependent upon your praise. I've come in the building real low before anybody else. I've come in the building where it was a miracle that I just made it inside the service. Well, you're the preacher. Don't think. Listen, if every preacher says he wakes up on Sunday morning, can't wait and bustle it, I mean running 100 mile an hour and get here to preach the gospel, please call him. I to set me up a meeting with him. I went to baseball tournament yesterday. Got beat all the games. You think I'm happy today? <clears throat> I'm move on, Stanton. I'm not moving on. Huh? The Bible says the prisoners begin to hear the praise coming from themselves, and all of a sudden something happened. The Bible says that the ground where they were praising began to shake, and the prison doors was opening. I'm trying to tell you every Sunday what may look like foolishness unto man, something's happening in the realm of the Spirit. And chains are cracking whenever we're going forward. When you hear Steve start saying, whoop, whoop, something's happening. When somebody's willing to stomp a foot, something's happening. When somebody's willing to put two hands together, something's happening. When somebody's willing to wave a flag, something's happening. And what happened is a chain reaction happens through all the house. Every Sunday you should look at your neighbor and say, you might as well go on ahead and let loose and praise God if you don't get off my road. Get to the back. Hello. Came to have church. We got to quit waiting on the move of God and bring the move of God. Did you hear Seth? I've been praying all morning. He brought the move of God. He wasn't waiting on you to do something. He already had it when he got here. Hello. For the ones of us that didn't have it when we got here, we got to praise. And then all of a sudden, let's close it out with Rocky. Bring it in one more time. One more time. All of a sudden, something began to shift. This is what Paul heard. Silas, you remember when Rocky was down? When Apollo had him on the ropes and they all called him out. But he got up. Remember when Jesus was on the cross and the enemy was running around holding the, holding the tidal weight belt in his hand. But he didn't know the outcome because the scripture says on the third day he rose again. And it later on says that if the enemy would have known what the outcome, it says he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Come on, somebody. 
Paul was reminded to make God good. Ain't he been good to us? Let's begin to sing praises in this place. If God could open, hey, if, if he could go into Lazarus' tomb, surely he could go in the inner prison where we was at. If, hey, if he could go in while the church was interceding in Acts chapter 12 and arrest Peter who was in the, in the, in the inner cell, in there by himself, and an angel stepped through all the walls and said, arise, Peter, get up. You've been set free. Come on, somebody. If he could do it for Peter, he could do it for us. Come on, somebody. If he could heal Herbert, surely he could heal me. My God, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. We need to have a praise break in this house and act like God done it. Come on. Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media.